The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to have a great show. We've got our producer, D behind the glass there. Of course, Dee, a very famous producer. He's kind of like Cher and Sting. He just goes by one name, and that's all you need to know is that he's Dee. He's going to take care of us tonight and help us line up our guest. Our, our first guest is going to be Tom Law. Now, Tom has been on as a handicapper before, but uh, this week he's going to be just our guest talking about racing and talking about a big change in his life. As you know, he was one that was on that uh, ship that got bombed down in Lexington, the Thoroughbred Times. But as it turns out, a lot of the top people at that magazine had a life raft, and Tom Law is floating back to where his roots began at Saratoga. So we'll be talking to, uh, to Tom, who's now the managing editor of ST Publishing Incorporated. Always good to hear from him. And then always good to hear from a familiar voice on these airwaves, the one Ed Meyer. And Ed and I are going to be looking at an interesting uh, quartet of races, two from Hollywood Park, uh, one that will uh, have implications perhaps on next year's Kentucky Derby, the cash call futurity. What a matchup in there. Baffert comes in in loaded. You've got... uh, Jerry Hollendorfer, who's absolutely on fire right now. And then Doug O'Neill has a horse that, uh, with shades of I'll Have Another, owned by Redham Racing and ridden by Super Mario Gutierrez. And interesting enough, Todd Pletcher ships in from the East Coast with an undefeated Colt by the name of Violence. So uh, Ed and I will be breaking down uh, that race along with the Hollywood Turf Cup the Dania Beach at Gulfstream, and then we're going to go to the Aqueduct for a very fast race, the Gravesend Handicap. So that's coming up. Tom Law and Ed Meyer later in the show. Let's get to uh, some racing news of the week. Want to buy a horse? Well, we've got a grade one winner that's being offered as a racing prospect at the Kenyan January Horses of All Ages sale, and it's going to be Joha. He's going to go through the sale on January 7th, uh, he established himself as one of the top two-year-olds after winning or placing in three stakes earlier this year. Uh, he broke his maiden by nearly three lengths and then won the Collins Stakes at Woodbine and was sent to Saratoga. He was second by a head in the with anticipation and then came back to Kentucky and won Keeneland's Breeders' Futurity. Not bad. A winner of 427000 His dam was a stakes winner, and you can buy him at Keeneland on January 7th. Okay, across the river, it's time for the Irish Awards to be given out. And while Frankel got most of the headlines in Europe, in Ireland, it was Camelot. And 
ever-growing Jackie Joe O'Brien, who somehow stopped growing to ride for another year for his dad. Uh, they got top honors. Uh, the uh, Camelot was elected because he's only the third horse since 1989 to complete the 2,000 guineas in England, grade one, and the Epsom Derby in England, double. Very difficult to win those two races. He's got three wins from five starts, and he also had uh, a victory in the Irish Derby. So uh, hats off to Camelot. And uh, he was trained by Aidan O'Brien, and he was ridden by son Joseph. So Joseph got the top as the 2011 award as champion flat apprentice jockey. Uh, he was the leading uh, rider in Ireland last year, and so he got the flat award. So a very standout uh, family there, the, the O'Briens. Um, you know, you, you, you come on uh, winning ponies, and all of a sudden your name's in the news. Uh, one of them, of course, uh, is uh, Senator Damon Thayer, who we had on recently. And uh, Thayer is uh, in the headlines every day. There's still a lot of shakeup, as he said he wants it to go to a vote, but there's word that Governor Bashir is uh, trying to get the uh, bill into a local government committee and uh, maybe try to push along alternative gaming in Kentucky. It's an ongoing story, and of course here on Winning Ponies, we had one of the major players in Senator Damon Thayer coming up in a few stories. We'll tell you about another player that had an impact uh, on last week's racing. Uh, good to see some horses uh, getting ready to come back. Uh, for a handicap season, one will be Take Charge Indy. He's coming back in 2013. You remember, he finished second at Shackleford in last month's Clark Handicap at Churchill Downs. He's going to remain in training for 2013. He'll be down in South Florida for his four-year-old campaign. Looks like he's headed to the Don Handicap that always turns out to be one of the top handicap races, particularly uh, early in the season. Uh, he's by AP Indy. Take Charge Indy is out of three-time grade one winner Take Charge Lady, and it ha has already been announced that he'll go to Kenny Trout's Windstar Farm upon the completion of his racing career. Well, uh, a horse who won't be going to stud because he's a gelding, but he's just an unbelievable uh, distance performer, Bourbon Bay, a horse I had the uh, luck to watch race when he was just a young two-year-old on the grass course at uh, River Downs in the Cradle Stakes. Uh, Bourbon Bay is going to stay in training and race on next year at the age of seven. He's trained by Neil Drysdale. says, uh, you know, hopefully he's got another year of racing in him. We have no problem giving him a breather. As you know, Bourbon Bay is just dominant in the long races. The longer they go, the better he gets. And we will be handicapping uh, him in the Hollywood Turf Cup today, a mile and a half on the turf later in the show with uh, Ed Meyer. Well, while we know Bourbon Bay won't be going to stud, uh, Nicanor, Barbaro's full brother, uh, will be going to stud at Shamrock Farm near Woodbine, Maryland. He's owned by Roy and Gretchen Jackson's Lyle Stable and stand for $2,500, full brother to uh, Barbaro. Uh, he's not, not quite as uh, accomplished as his, uh, his brother Lentinor, who we announced last week was going to go to stud at Calumet Farm, but nonetheless, uh, he did uh, compile a record of uh, four wins, two seconds, and two-thirds from 18 starts, won $147,000, and was uh, stakes placed in the Sussex, Sussex Stakes, say that ten times real fast, at Delaware Park, and the three coins up on the turf at Aqueduct. So uh, 
this time of year we're closing out some meets and we've got some awards to give out. Out in Remington, Cliff Berry secured his 15th jockey title at that Oklahoma track, and Steve Asmussen won his ninth training title. Uh, Louis Quinones was second in the jockey standings, and uh, this was the uh, just amazing season. This is where uh, Asmussen started out. He's now won six consecutive training titles uh, dating to the 2007 season. Of course, his first title there was back in 1991, and Donnie Von Hemmel was second to him with 27 wins. Asmussen led all trainers with over $1 million, the only trainer to top the $1 million mark. That was at Remington, and while they were out at Remington, I hope you had two bucks on Texas Bling in the Springboard Mile last week. He paid $259.60 to win the $300,000 Springboard Mile for two-year-olds. His name, Texas Bling, and you were able to buy some if you had a nice bet on him, two fifty-nine sixty for a $2 bet. Okay, some more titles that we have here. Uh, Ramon Dominguez and David Jacobson, they continued their strong year uh, by winning the Aqueduct Racetrack's fall meet for both jockey and trainer. Uh, Dominguez is just unbelievable. He just uh, celebrated his 36th birthday, and on that day all he did was win the Cigar Mile, the Gazelle Stakes, and the Remsen Stakes. He uh, won 32 races all in all over the fall meet. And uh, he's just a class guy. Again, he, too, has been a guest on Winning Ponies. And uh, trainer uh, Jacobson, he held off Rudy Rodriguez by one win, 19-18, to to earn his fifth career training title. Uh, Jacobson, he's uh, 58. He also took the inter-track title and shared the Belmont Fall Crown with Chad Brown. So a name you want to remember. And we'll be handicapping one of his horses later in the show in the Gravesend. As a matter of fact, he's got one to beat, and a horse that was claimed off him could be dangerous in that race also. Also, they closed things out at uh, Finger Lakes. And at Finger Lakes, for the first time in more than a decade, Somebody other than John Davilia Jr. finished atop the jockey standings. It was Wilfredo Rojena. He's 47 years old. He ended Davilia's 10-year reign as the leading rider when they completed their season last Friday. Uh, Rojena is a 28-year-old veteran who led the standings at El Comandante in his Puerto Rico in 1994. Among the trainers, no relation to me, I wish he was, Chris Engelhart continued his dominance by saddling 135 winners to lead the standings for the 10th straight year and the 12th time overall. So congratulations to uh, Chris Engelhart and Wilfredo Rojena. And uh, other news, uh, the comeback time, and I happen to be there, Jackie Norberto Arroyo Jr. was on the comeback trail after serving a prison sentence for cocaine possession, earned his 1,000th career win. It was last Saturday aboard favored Mac the Man at Turfway Park. A big crowd in the winner's circle to meet him. Uh, his wife and children were all there. Uh, it was really exciting, and not only exciting to, to see the energy there, and the fact that the guy that uh, he was able to clean up his act. I mean, uh, 
He's been periodically sidetracked by legal troubles, and most recently, it was a serious one, a 30-month prison sentence for drug conviction handed down in New York. He really uh, missed his family, and every time I see him, uh, the kids are hugging him after his wins. They just seem like a very, very happy family, happy for him. Also, happy for the man that saddled Mac the Man, who looks like a very promising uh a young horse uh, may be looking towards the spiral stakes down the road, trained by Jeff Greenhill, who was a guest with us about three weeks ago. We got to meet and talk with Jeff, so congratulations uh, to all of them. And uh, here's a different change uh, with uh, his business off a little bit since he got hurt a couple months ago. It looks like Shane Sellers is just going to kind of take a change for a change, and uh, he went in on a 57-acre horse farm earlier this year with trainer Pat Hoffman, and uh, he's just going to kind of take it easy. He says he's busy breaking yearlings, taking care of other aspects of the business, including overseeing layups, boarding mares, but he is, says he's not retired from racing. He just saw some of his uh, business tail off. You know, he didn't do too bad after his comeback. Remember, he originally stopped riding in 2004, and then he came out of retirement in 2009 and, and did very well. Uh, Back, he, since then, he's earned uh, more than $5.9 million, at least his mounts have, and his last three winners at the fairgrounds were all pretty solid ones. But he did say, I'm not quitting. I told a friend I'm just Craig Paretting it the rest of my career, uh, the way that Craig kind of picked and chosed uh, his, his mounts as he went into his final years of a career. Uh, so he said, that's the way I'm going to play it. So uh, Shane Sellers won't be in the saddle for a while, but he's not coming back, and a potential comeback is Gary Stevens, who's just completed a series of fitness training, and uh, he says, uh, hey, this doesn't mean I'm definitely coming back, but I'm not ruling out the fact that I feel so good right now that I couldn't get back into the game if I wanted to. So a little cat and mouse game there with uh, Gary Stevens. All right, last week we had the recuperating John McDoolin uh, with us uh, on the show, and uh, we'll take a quick look at the results of the races we looked at. Uh, looked like executive privilege, definitely the horse to beat in the Hollywood Starlet. Instead, he got beat. It was uh, McDoolin's horse, pure fun, got up from last to first, and second was Blonde Fog, who had all the lead and got tired. And third was Scarlet Strike. Uh, then in the Bayacoa handicap, it was uh, a bit of an upset time, and Glorious was favored. But the winner was Lady of 50, who had kind of a rough trip, kind of rank, uh, came back to win over open water. And uh, Glorious did manage to hit the board. At the fairgrounds, it was Champions Day. There was no guitar star this year, but nonetheless, winning the race was the one we liked. String King, James Graham up, got that race. It was a whole series of them. Rosie Napravnik rode three of the winners. And then in the Sugar Swirls, my best bet of the week, Dust and Diamonds, now in the Pletcher Barn from Asmussen, went off at one to two. You didn't get rich, but you got the winner in a single if you were playing exotics. All right. That's pretty much it in the world of racing. There's a lot more coming up, and we're going to kick it off here after this brief break with a good friend and a great horse rider, Tom Law. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover, cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and joining me right now for this section of the show is uh, going to be a friend of mine and an excellent professional by the name of Tom Law. And uh, Tom's been on the show before, but mostly he was on strictly as a handicapper. But this time I want him on as more of a featured guest to, to find out what's going on with his life and with a new publication he's working for. As I stated earlier in the show, he, he was one, one of the people that got blown up in the Thoroughbred Times fiasco, but so many of them had so much talent that the ones that I know, are all of them are landing on their feet. It's a fantastic thing uh, to see. Uh, for these very hardworking people in this uh, equine industry of ours. Uh, Tom's currently the managing editor of ST Publishing Incorporated. They're an award-winning publishing company that produces the Saratoga Special and Steeplechase Times. Uh, Tom is expected to play a role in the Fair Hill, Maryland-based company's expansion. He's going to assist in marketing, sales, editorial efforts at a satellite office, and where else? beautiful Saratoga Springs, New York, a place he's quite familiar with. Uh, he's a native of Saratoga, uh, currently a resident of Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, is now the vice president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters, which in, last year, actually from 2006 to 2012, uh, they really got Tom at the top. He was the president of the organization. The former longtime managing editor for the Thoroughbred Times, he was recognized uh, as with uh, Greg Charcutian, who's been on Winning Ponies, in 2011 with the Eclipse Award in the Multimedia Internet category for coverage of the 2011 Breeders' Cup. He's a two-time winner of the Bill Leggett Breeders' Cup Writing Award and winner of the prestigious Red Smith Kentucky Derby Writing Award. That's presented to the writer who captures the best derby story, so you know there's a lot of competition out there. Well, enough about his lauds. Let's talk to the man. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's Tom Law. Tom, how are you? John, I'm great. Uh, thanks for the 
the nice uh, intro and the great bio. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I, like you said, I'm, I'm still here in Lexington. It's a little chilly night, so I got my fireplace going and sitting down and uh, reading a good book, uh, Laura Hillenbrand's uh, Unbroken, but uh, glad to be on the show here with you. You know, I think it really attests to uh, the team that you had working with you at the Thoroughbred Times that so many of them in such a short time uh, have garnered top positions in the industry. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was surprising. I guess, you know, there was a lot of shock uh, when uh, everything happened and everything went down. And, um, you know, a lot of people were concerned about where they were going to land, and rightfully so. You know, the media industry is a, is a tough one. Uh, you know, especially in the horse business with some of the, the, the downturns that we've had. But uh, yeah, I guess it is a testament to the talent to the people, you know, from Frank Anks to Mark Simon and Joe Nevels and, and some of the people that maybe a lot of people don't know their names offhand have, like you said, landed in, in positions. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the relationships that we all built at Thurber Times and, and trying to be as uh, professional and, and as you know, hardworking as we possibly could be, and uh, it's worked out uh, quite well for a lot of people, and I know some people uh, probably could still be positioning themselves for, for more uh, jobs in the industry. Well, you obviously uh, positioned yourself well, but not only are you in a position, I think it's going to expand your talents, quite frankly, uh, because you, you you can talk to people, you can look them in that, you're, you're very so likable. I think that's going to really help you with your marketing and, and sales. The editorial stuff, I'm not worried about. The awards have proven that you can do that. But uh, t- tell me, uh, you, you kind of had an ongoing relationship. We've had Sean Clancy on Winning Ponies, and he told us you know, a bit about, uh, mostly we, we talked about uh, the Steeplechase Times and his involvement in Steeplechase Racing. But uh, l- let's go back to maybe how he got to know you and how they found out you were available and you got the job. Sure. Actually, uh, you know, I've known Sean for quite a while just as a, a fellow journalist, and I knew uh, when I was first started covering racing, he was actually riding steeplechase races when uh, I was covering racing up in Saratoga for the Saratogian, uh just out of college. And then, uh, of course, Sean wrote a book called Saratoga Days that was uh, a really good, fun read, uh, a compilation of a lot of columns that he wrote. My mother actually got it for me for Christmas one year, and Sean That's and I great. read each other. And, yeah, and... Uh, I read it, and I remember I just kind of sent sent Sean an email telling him how much I really enjoyed it. And then ever since then, we've kind of become friends. We, and all through the years, he and I sort of had a running joke um, where Sean, we would run into each other all the time, and Sean would say, hey, Tom, you know, when Thurber Times goes out of business, you need to come work with me and my brother. You know, we never really, <laughs> of course, we didn't think it would ever sort of happen. But, you know, I always kind of kept it in the back of my head and and you know, it was good to have that relationship with him, and, and he and I, we've really talked, uh, never really in any kind of specifics over the years, but we, we've talked a little bit about what I would do for them and, you know, maybe what, what I could do, and then, of course, about everything happened at Thurber Times in mid-September, about, you know, a few days later, uh, I got a text message from Sean, was like, hey, you know, how you doing? I know the dust probably settled a little bit, let's, let's talk, you know, maybe we can work together, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another, we've kind of been involved in some talks. He and uh, Sean and his brother Joe and I have been talking for the last several weeks and back and forth. I was actually had the opportunity to go up there to Fair Hill, met with Joe um, for the day. We talked about a lot of different uh, concepts and ideas and, and what I could do for them and kind of reached an agreement and uh, moved forward, I guess, officially uh, with the announcement last week. We've kind of actually, fortunately, have been doing a little bit here and there for them uh 
in the last month or so. So it's been uh, it's exciting. It's going to be a good challenge for me. Like you said, it's going to hopefully allow me to uh, use maybe some of my other life skills that I've that I've attained over the years. And you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I do think editorially it's going to allow me to uh, do a little bit more writing. Uh, than I was doing at Thoroughbred Times. I, I was able to do a little bit more writing in the last uh, couple of years due to some shortages in staff, but I had some additional responsibilities as well, and it kind of was a little bit of a, a drain on me, a stress. But, uh, you know, this time I'll be able to do a little bit more writing once the uh, once we get closer to Saratoga and um, on some of their other projects as well. Well, you know, I, I think you, you, you showed uh, your, your ability to stretch out last year uh, when you won the Eclipse Award w- with uh, Greg Charcutian, um in an area that uh, you're probably not best known for, and that's multimedia and internet. Yeah, it was uh, it was exciting uh, to do that, and um, uh, you know, really, we were kind of it was just an, really an extension of being a reporter. We were kind of doing a lot of, I, you know, Greg did a lot of the great video work and. You know, he's a really talented guy, and I kind of held the microphone a lot of times and, and just asked questions of people. And, you know, some of the interviews that we did do, you know, I think came across pretty well because some of the people we, I had a good rapport with and good relationships with, and, we, you know, covering that Breeders' Cup was right here in our backyard, so we were able to really sink our teeth into things and, and do a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, really good interviews and get a lot of good scenic-type work uh, of, of horses on the track and everything prepped preparing for the Breeders' Cup races. Now, sort of fast forward a little bit, we uh, we launched another multimedia project this year called It's My Job, which you're familiar with. We, oh, yeah. We were we were up at, at River Downs. The very first uh, It's My Job episode, in fact, we did uh, on a guy named Damien Rock, who works for Charlie Lepresti, and actually Damien is the regular exercise rider for Wise Dan, who's, you know, going to be one of the <laughs> one of the Breeders' Cup miles, going to be a Horse of the Year contender. So, I mean, that thing worked out really, really well. We were able to – we did three of the uh, uh, four scheduled episodes before we were uh, shut down. We were actually supposed to get started on one on the Monday after things went uh, awry at Thoroughbred Times. So, but we still were able to put the series together, so we we did enter that in the Eclipse Award uh, contest this year. So we'll uh, we'll see if we can win one uh, sort of in abstention for Thursday. There time. you go. I, I think it would be yeah. great. Well, I'm not on the committee. I, I I do help judge for the Eclipse Award photos, but I wish I was on that committee because you get my vote hands down. Now it looks like uh, now are you going to have to try to spread uh, y- your expanse a little bit because uh, these guys are the experts in in steeplechasing, or do you feel that you had a fairly good foundation on that from your days in Saratoga, one of the few meets that really allows steeplechasing to take place on a very uh, legit platform? Yeah, well, the one good thing, you know, I guess the one really good thing is we've got kind of, a, I guess, a three-man editorial team, and, and really two-thirds of our editorial team are very, very well-versed and, and, you know, really the experts in steeplechase racing in North America and probably in the world. I mean, Sean does a lot of uh, bloodstock work and, and purchasing horses for people, steeplechase horses over in Europe and, and all kinds of horses actually. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll learn, I'll try to learn as much as I can from them. But I, I did, I, I know enough, uh, I think about it to, to help out. That's, uh, like, like, uh, you said that steeplechase times is kind of their flagship publication. That's what they start with. It comes out six times a year. Um, Joe actually just put the last issue of that for 2012 to bed the other day, which has their, year-end champions and, and all that uh, good stuff in there. 
I uh, haven't had a, had a lot to do with that publication just yet, but I know that the plans are for me to help contribute uh, on that uh, title as well as some of their others, like you mentioned, Saratoga Special. They also, uh, the guys also produce, uh, ST Publishing produces the, the uh, Thoroughbred Racing Calendar, which is a great, uh, a great uh, gift for racing fans out there. If anybody's uh, interested, you want to, you got a, a racing fan and you need a good stocking stuffer for it. That's, that's certainly a good gift, not to, a little shameless plug for that. Uh, no, that's but, quite uh, all right. Then. Now, how do we, how do we get to there, or, or or how would we order it? Yeah, the um, the St. Publishing has its own website. It's st dash publishing dot com, or you can uh, access uh, the Saratoga Special through Saratoga Special dot com. It kind of takes you to the same uh, website. They're one and the same. So the SD, and you'll find all the information to order the uh, Thoroughbred Racing Calendar on there. Also, you'll be able to down, you can download the PDF of the Saratoga um, special from last year's meet and all the archives from previous meets, as well as the um, steeplechase times for for this year and all past years as well. So, and you'll find that, that like I said, that new issue uh, that just went to press the other day is uh, already uploaded on the ST Publishing website. Now, um, from what I understand, you may still be in Lexington. People say you can't go home again, but it looks like right. you will be, huh, Tom? I will. Um, you know, I get, when we first got into the talks, um, it was Sean and I were talking, and Sean said, well, I, I'd love to have you on board, and you can help us out there in Saratoga, come up for the meet and work. And then I kind of we talked a little bit more and more, and he, I kind of was getting the impression from him that he really wanted to have a, a dedicated presence in Saratoga year-round. Um, like I mentioned earlier, those guys are from Fair Hill. Their, their home base is in Maryland. Sean's in Virginia. Uh, but they they kind of go up to Saratoga right before the meet starts, set up shop real quick, and you know work like crazy for the seven, eight weeks of Saratoga and then kind of get out of town. And I think they saw maybe there were some opportunities there in Saratoga to reach out to the community uh, local businesses to, you know, become friends of the Saratoga Special and be supporters of the Saratoga Special. I think they got a great uh, advertising base as it is, but uh, Sean's, Sean feels like there's some good opportunities up there. There's some really, you know, there's some really good uh, anchor-type businesses in Saratoga, some really good banks, some realtors, lots of, obviously, lots of restaurants, hotels, um, you know, lots of things to do that really would, would do well to be, to have their products and services advertised in a publication like Saratoga Special that reaches, you know, a, across the industry. It's, it's not necessarily just an industry-type trade publication like I come from. It's, it's really uh, the horsemen want to get their hands on it first thing in the morning. And I know as a, as a racing fan, when I go up there in the summer to just play around and have fun at the races, I, you know, want to get my hands on a copy of it every single day. Absolutely. I remember as a young lad uh, getting it myself. Well, all I can say is I think the Clancy's uh, got a good guy helping sail the ship up there in beautiful Saratoga Springs. Tom Law, great to hear your voice. I'm very happy uh, for your continued success in the industry. I know you'll do great. Just promise me you'll stay in touch. Oh, I sure will, John. And uh, anytime, you, anytime you need anything or you're up in Saratoga, uh, just uh, give me a buzz. I know you're an upstater in New York yourself, so uh, always good to hear from a friend. All right, well, keep a roll away bet. I'll see you this summer. 
All right. <laughs> Take care. All right, Tom Law, ladies and gentlemen, just one of the good guys in the sport. And we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to another good guy in the sport, the man I admire, admire. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. The home of the Easy Win Form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a voice you will recognize because he's the former host of Winning Ponies. His name is Ed Meyer, a man steeped in thoroughbred history and lore, a guy that's, uh, if, if there wasn't Damon Runyon, there would have been Ed Meyer because he appreciates all the characters of the sport. And if you go on uh, Winning Ponies, be sure to check out the blogs because Ed is one of the chief bloggers for Winning Ponies, and he just comes up with some great stories and colorful characters and uh, memories of, of days going to the track that, that so many of us have. I don't know how many guests uh, that I've started interviewing, and I'd say, well, how would you get into the business? I'd go, well, started going to the track with my dad or started going to the track with my uncle, and and uh, this summer, on several occasions, uh, I saw Ed Meyer with his son Gus bringing him to the track. So hopefully we'll have another uh, great horseman out there in our community of cappers. So with that said, Ed Meyer, how you doing? John, I'm doing great. The Bengals are on TV. They just scored, and I'm talking to my best friend about racing. <laughs> Life is good in Cincinnati, huh? Yes, it couldn't be any better. All right. Well, uh, you, you know, I, I left the story off, as you know, because I used to watch you prep for the show. I think you can never over-prepare, because there's nothing worse than getting through all your stories at 10 minutes after the hour and realizing, yeesh, i got five minutes to fill. <laughs> uh, but uh, one story I left off that I think is going to be a good one, I just wanted to let our listeners know um, that 
at Hollywood Park, of course, Ed and I are going to cap the cash call and the Hollywood Turf Club. But there's going to be a very interesting race. The fourth race at, at Hollywood Park has a bit of an interest, and it's, it's an optional claiming, but it may be watched with more interest than the other two. Agreed. It's going to be Eblisante, 6-5. to five. Corey Nakitani for John Cheros, and actually, you alerted me to this. This flew under my nose completely, and you said, Hassett to Zenyatta, Ed, last week. I went back, I took a look at it. Now they're starting the eerily similar comparison. Uh, Steve Vast Anderson in the uh, Daily Racing Forum wrote about it, and John Cheros is really getting his gun cocked on this three-year-old filly. Well, you know, it was kind of strange. She broke her maiden almost five years to the day as Zenyatta, and all of a sudden you saw that, for whatever reason, she's a first-time starter, and she's got the same running style. She only had one horse beat to the half-mile pole, and then all of a sudden Nakatani turned her loose, and in Zenyatta-like fashion just swept by the field and pulled away by four and a quarter, got an 88 buyer in her debut. Not too bad going a mile on the 16th. Absolutely love this Philly by Bernardini. You know, it's an optional 40, optional claiming 40. These can be a little more tricky because you've seen your share over the years. I can remember when River Downs used to write an optional claiming 100,000. Yeah. Well, I believe it was when the days of Toddy T. Oh, yes. Uh, great Honey J. Mare that they had to wear a muzzle because she would bite <laughs> horses if they tried to go by her. Well, this race, John, actually uh, harkens back to the to the grand old days when I had a whole lot of fun and, and you were playing your trade there. There's a runner in there called Include the Cat, 3-1. to one. I'm wanting to bet Lusante, especially at 6-5, to five, which I think is great value. There's a 3-1 to one shot in an optional 40, trained by Hulu. Julio Canani, fresh off a claim, and he went 32% off the claim. I don't know. I might just watch, but I, you brought this to my attention. I'm going to watch this gal run. Yeah, and then you've got a horse in here, uh, Too Many Tomatoes, with Bayerano up, has won half of her uh, three career starts. And you've also got older horses. You've got a horse coming in for Europe that's a six-year-old mare, a three-time winner. You've got the two-time winner, a Brazilian horse, who uh, just missed by a head in a stakes race. Uh, you know, she's not exactly walking into a field of $5,000 claimers. Agreed. It's it's a three-year-old against older. Now, you could probably speak to it a whole lot better, but, uh, better than I could as far as this timing of the year. But, John, she was impressive. Went back and saw the race. This is not an easy field. This is not a walkover by any means. No, but I will say, if you, if you gave me 10 bucks and said, John, you've got to go bet this race, I'm betting Zenyatta's sister. I think I'm going to go with you on that one. Well, there's a race coming up at, at, at Hollywood Park that it could have an impact on the uh, the Kentucky Derby. I know you'll be getting points for this, $750,000, the grade one cash call futurity. And, Ed, what a fun race this has been to handicap because I am just finding angles galore. you got a potential I'll have another with uh, Doug O'Neill's horse. He's had enough. Then Baffert comes loaded in with, with guns. Uh, Hollendorfer absolutely on fire with three. Three stakes wins last weekend, and then when you see Pletcher at Hollywood Park, and he comes in with an undefeated horse and Xavier Castellano, uh, you know this is a it was a wild group. I'm dying to get your read on it. You know, I, I don't think this is the race where all the questions get answered, but there's going to be a lot of questions posed after this one. Of what do you think? Early for me is extremely early this time of year. 
I'm looking at he's had enough as my early derby horse, just my early derby liking list. And I love he's had enough nine to two. Mario Gutierrez in the saddle for Doug O'Neill. They, they teamed up to win the derby in Preakness this past year. Yeah, and Paul Redham owns it. Oh, it, it, it just seems like it goes on and on back from Polly to dirt, back to Lasix, as that was a no-no in the Breeders' Cup day and shows real promise. Uh, a very nice son of Tappet here and, and was gunning down, in my opinion, Shanghai Bobby to get beat by head, drawing the rail, I, I think coming in fresh. I, I wasn't a real sold customer on Gutierrez, but I think he's an honest rider. I think he's what we've seen for so many years, riders that kind of fly under the radar. I think that he's got the goods. Well, the only I, I've got I've got an X on two horses, okay, and and marks on the rest of them. But the, you know, as far as picks here, if I'm going to box them, uh, and, and one is he's had enough. The only thing that does scare me, Ed, is the rail. You've got a very bulky field of two-year-olds who you know sometimes can be unpredictable. Some of them will be somewhat speedy, headstrong. Um, I just hope he's had enough, can get some position, and doesn't end up in traffic. But I, I do, I do think he may well be uh, the, the horse to beat. The, the other horse that that is drawing my eye is uh, Jerry Hollendorfer's Furry Capcori. Uh The horse uh, just missed in the real quiet, but had a tough race. If you look at the trouble line, he was pulled, and then he was. Steadied at the seventh eighth, uh, Talamo's going to get a chance to come back. But you've got you know a Tisnow Colt out of a Go for Gin mare. If anything says I got no problem with distance, it's that breeding. I think there's so much in here for this group for the cash call. I think it's a very interesting race. I'm hoping for my horse to actually you know put a good effort forth. There's the uh, Speedy Carving eight to one Baffert uh, trainee who who possibly will wing it on the lead. J.J. Castellano in town aboard violence for Todd Pletcher, and, and, and that's a good sign when they go west. Uh, and, and, and ran a real nice race in the Grade Two Nashua at Aqueduct. But I think it's I think it's a really exciting race to you know to kind of end 2012. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a lot of talk after, and then you can't throw out really Mr. Greeley. I guess distance is the question there, but you know Baffert this time of year very dangerous. Uh, comes in with this horse, uh, just shaded a uh, 100 speed figure, and then you, you know our man Wes Ward ships in from Keeneland and uh, got out kicked in the real quiet, but he's eligible to upset. So uh, this is going to be a fun race to watch, and I want to make sure I, I get a chance to see it with you. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll hit the bar after, you know. But, oh, there's uh, plenty of die coke there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's okay. All right, we need to uh, to get on. We got two minutes here. Uh, at least, uh, we can go a little bit long. For the grade two, Hollywood Turf Cup, very interesting group drawn together here. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a mile and a half on the turf. So you gotta be some kind of specialist to win this race. You've gotta be a good training and a horse with a lot of foundation. So, um, I've got a three horse box, but I'm gonna let you go first and, and, and hopefully at least two of my three will be in your selections. Well, cut me if I go too long because I think we're going to have one of, excuse me, I'm going to say two out of the three we're going to have. My first pick is here is Bourbon Bay. Seven for your two. And you were talking about a tactical rider. I don't think you get any better than the money man, Mike Smith. Neil Drysdale does an excellent job bringing them ready. Horse for a course, as we talked about for so many years together, handicapping. Six starts, oh, two and three, five out of six in the money, six out of eight 
in the money at the mile and a half distance, which is kind of that uh, kind of a special distance. And you don't right now, Bourbon Bay gets my Belmont. top bidding. Be four wins from six starts going the distance. One thing to scare. First of all, ding 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 ding. Yes, he's one of my three horses. Um, I'm sorry, four wins from from eight starts with two seconds going mile and a half. Is he's he's never won at the Hollywood Park turf. He, he likes Del Mar and Santa Anita. But you know, I kind of like the fact that you know this is a second start after a layoff. Um, and, you know, just his ability to win at this distance, he's proven that he's the best distance grass horse on the West Coast over the last three years. It's, All right, who it's else you one like? of those races that uh, you're not going to want to miss. It's also the beginning of the $250,000 TVG guaranteed pick four, so there's a little value to be had. Well, let, let's go a little bit deeper. Give me another horse you like in there. You know, I'm kind of leaning towards to round out my my trifecta of or yeah. my trifecta, my box, and everything else is Kindergarten Kid eight to ding, one. Ding 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 ding. Hey, I knew we'd have this from one. House Jewelers in a six pack of Coke. I'm I'm absolutely I'm just enamored with JJ Castellanos' abilities. He's riding for Peter Miller, who just tortures him out on the West Coast. Loves the distance. Kindergarten Kid uh, is going to be in it for me, John. And then I'm going to throw in the four, and I believe it's Grand Jewelers at. Five Unbe- to oh, Ed, we are going to the bank, baby. That's my other pick. <laughs> well, you know what? Either they can they can give us a guess, or they can uh, they can give us a bad note. But you know, I, I think we we've handicapped together long enough that we all. It's like, kind of like being married. We start looking like each other. Oh, wow. that is really scary on a couple <laughs> levels, for sure. But yeah, the kindergarten kid. I mean, uh, you know. Has won at the distance. It's coming out of the Breeders' Cup turf, the Grade One, where uh, he had to come out in the stretch. Still, only got beat four and three quarters. And then his Grand Door just really looks like he's blossomed since he's got to North America. And what a finish in the Hollywood Derby to rally from last, fourteenth, when they were coming around the turn, and he only got beat a length and a half. So, uh, the, uh, you, you, you got to bet him. You got to box them, and those are the three we're boxing: Grandeur, Bourbon Bay, and Kindergarten Kid. Well, I can see my man D's banging at the window and give me that mean look in his eye, and that can only mean one thing: we got to pay some bills here on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going swimming at Gulfstream Park. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, handicapper extraordinaire and Winning Ponies blogger, Mr. Ed Meyer, and uh, we're going to reach out now and go to, well, we just came from a mile and a half on the turf for older horses. Now let's go pretty much in the other direction, and I love two-year-olds on the grass, and a lot of these horses have never gone the distance, stretching out to a mile on the turf. It's going to be the ninth race at Gulfstream Park, the grade three, Dania Beach. Ed, this is another horse that provides uh, several ways to go there's a couple horses i'm leaving out because of the distance uh but there's there's two horses in here i like you know i always download my my info early so there's no odds on it because i don't want to be influenced by it um i got a feeling we're going to come up with at least one of the same horses uh but there's one that i just i really like and i really hope it's going to be a price so uh anyhow uh with that said we got a pretty sizable field going for the hundred thousand they're two-year-olds they're going to be going on the turf long who you like I'm going to say we're going to have two out of the three together on this one. It's a Dania Beach, a mile on the turf, 100,000 for two-year-olds. And, John, this race historically has produced some very nice runners indeed. There was once upon a time we were working together, and I badgered you to bet all day long. And, actually, I stabbed a winner at 8-1. to one. So it's, it's always been an exciting time. I like babies on the grass. I'm going to start off with a three. It's my lucky day, 5-1. to one. Paco Lopez in the irons. And I think Paco might be one of the most underrated riders in the country. And uh, you're, you're getting a second off of an effort at Delta and in the grade three jackpot, which is incredible race against Golden Sense. Four races back, this guy finished up nicely. Uh, I think that you really need to take the Tyro at Monmouth. Uh, it's produced some very nice runners indeed. Yeah. A, a, a sweet work of one minute flat at Calder shows me it's my lucky day at five to one is ready. And uh, once again, going back to the Greens word, Paco Lopez in the yards, I really like this kid. Well, I, I, I didn't look at him that much, but the one thing I do have circled is Golden Sense, who I thought was very impressive. Uh, at, at, at Delta Downs. And, and the fact that you look at this horse and, uh, he's only run one on the turf and was only beaten three quarters of a length. Um, I just, just I, I guess kind of was kind of disappointed and has failed a menace in the, uh, the, the Delta jackpot there. So, um, who's your, who's your other picks in here? I like the five Thunder calls six to one. And uh, Jose Lascano's in the saddle. And, and if Toro or whatever lawnmower company actually needs a spokesperson, this guy absolutely has an affinity for the grass. And uh, he was Thunder Calls was bottled up in traffic in a $100,000 Appleton and finished third under a willing ride. Lescano in the saddle, I think, moves Thunder Calls up. At 6-1 to one is very special indeed. And, uh, and Lescano loves the grass. I can't say that enough. And he can never be dismissed. He would be he would just be an excellent spokesperson for any lawnmower company because he just has that affinity. He knows they glide, as you know. They, they glide in the way they pick themselves up. He always gets the best. At 6-1, to one, John, I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck there in the middle, but I'm going to throw my box on uh, Thunder Calls, and it's my lucky day for my top two. 
Well, you're probably going to get a pretty big price. Uh, I'll give you my my top two because they were neither of those two. And uh, I, I don't know how many times I have to sit there and watch a grass race and look down at the breeding, and Kitten's Joy is the sire of the winner of that race. And that would be breaking from the outside, a charming Kitten, Johnny V, riding for Todd Pletcher. Uh, I saw this horse get beat in the Breeders' Futurity, and it had a legitimate excuse. It was only beaten four and a half lengths, but ended up ninth. There were 13 horses in that race, and I would say if you went back through the chart, you would say that about half a dozen horses in that race uh, were, were in trouble. Uh, somebody was bobbing and weaving, uh, you know, in, in about third or fourth, and it caused a lot of these horses uh, to, to snatch up. Uh, this horse just got beat by Balance the Books, who came back and won a stake at Keeneland before the meet was out. So I think this horse has been freshened up a little bit. You got you got you got the Pletcher, Velasquez, Kittens, Joy. That's the way I'm going. And, uh, you know, as you see in the trouble line, between bumped hard. So um, I'm, I was there. I saw this horse get in trouble. You know me. I like trouble horses. So I'm going to go with Charming Kitten. And the other horse that caught my eye, and, and if you've got odds, let me know what they are, Newfound Zapper. The Newfound Zapper. Now, I actually don't have it pulled oh, up. I wrote okay. about the, the horse I liked. And, John, just to duplicate it, if I can ring the teacher's bell, I love your Charming Kitten. But I think the ten hole is going to be the big over. Uh, it's going to be the big card that uh, you know this runner has to overcome. But absolutely have to respect Charming Kitten. I, I wanted to jump through right in there, especially three to one. Well, with, with a sizable field, uh, this goes back to an old uh, River Downs trainer, and uh, he told me, I said, "Man, you got a two-year-old, and you got a two-year-old on the outside, Bobby. Uh, that's not very good, is it?" He goes. Well, them two-year-olds, when those gates open, they come out of there like a covey of doves. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Do I get a dollar? He said, I I said I'd rather be on the outside of all of them until they figure out where they're going. <laughs> Would that be Mr. Bernie Flint? Uh, no, the name of oh. as soon as we hang the phone up, his name will come to me. His first name is Bobby. If it comes to me before, like they break out of there like a covey of doves. So when this covey of doves goes, I think Velasquez is going to be able to see what's going on to the inside of him and place this horse accordingly. And, and as you know, the kittens joys just love the turf. The other horse, like I said, that I like is uh, is uh, Newfound Zapper, and the reason is look at all the key races. Every horse this horse has either run against or lost to has come back and won their next race, and these are only two-year-olds, Ed. I think it's going to be a very nice Saturday indeed that you need to get your easy wins in hand. I think there's a lot of value to be had. I'm still sticking by my top three, and I'm going to try to beat the chalk only only out of the ten hole out of that race, John. But all, all that you said, I, I can I can remember looking at and, and writing down and jotting down notes. All needs to be marked. All right. Well, listen, we're coming down the stretch, and I think it's uh, like about two minutes to post. So we're going to go to New York for the Gravesend Handicap. Unlike the other races we've had a handy handicap, not a very big field, and it looks to me like there's going to be an absolute standout in here in Saginaw, a horse that's one of the most consistent horses in training in the United States, has made 12 starts in 2012, nine wins and a second, uh, and uh, absolutely loves Inter Aqueduct. Saginaw trained by David Jacobson, who just won the trainer's title. 
Jacobson's a 38% winning trainer. He's very impressive. Four to five, Saginaw's going to be awfully tough to be well-deserving favorite there. John, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try my luck, and I'm going to spin the wheel with the two Royal Courier four to one. Stewie Elliott and Linda Rice teaming up. Stewie wins 21% sprinting, and Miss Rice does well in her own right. One for two in the money at the Big A, uh, working well. Son of Red Bullet uh, making his first start fresh. John, I'm going to try to beat Fortify, but I'm going to tell you what. Royal Courier is going to have to really bring his A game if he wants to beat this Fortify shot. All right. Well, uh, once again, my man D saying John's been a great run, but we got to go. Ed Meyer, thanks so much for joining us on Winning Ponies. Thanks for having me, John. Best of luck to everyone. All right. Ed Meyer, former host of this show, Winning Ponies. Be sure to join us every week. Remember, the show's on podcast, so you can go back and tell your friends, hey, you got to check these guys out. It's a fun show to listen to. And the bottom line is they're giving out some winners. So join us next week on Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.